I'm Damien Valentine, and check out Anthony Empire. I'm Tracy Harwood, and I'm academic. Ricky, grow. <laughs> Hi, my name is Phil. Hi, I'm Phil Rice. Perfect. That's all we need. Uh, I'm Tracy Harwood, and welcome to the And Now for Something Completely Machinima podcast. Uh, I'm joined here today with uh, by Ricky Grove, who's not going to speak. No, I'm, I'm, I've had it. That's it. <laughs> I'm a grumpy old man sitting in the house watching the kids to make sure they don't hit the corner of the lawn. Oh, marvelous. <laughs> uh, Phil Rice. Yellow. <laughs> Yellow. And Damien Valentine. Hello. Hi. Uh, right. Now, this month, we've got some really great picks for you. Um, Made in Unreal, Half-Life 2, No Man's Sky. Um, and we've also got a, a number of projects that we put on the blog, as well as the tech updates uh, and uh, some more information about the creative AI uh, genies that we've been following. Um, I will put a link uh, to the update that Phil did for us on the Machiniplex channel that he's been working on and his release also of a special feature uh, about uh, Hugh Hancock's um, blood spell. Um, Hugh, as you will probably be aware, was the um, one of the founders of the machinima.com website that became so infamous all those years ago. Uh, and Phil's been um, restoring some of the work um, that you'll be amazed to see uh, that uh, was put on the uh, on the dot com, com site before it was taken over uh, by the De Beauvoir's brothers a few years back. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, don't miss. Now um, we've got some great picks this week, this month. Um, this week we're going to cover Ricky's pick. Um, so without any further ado, I'm going to hand straight over to Ricky. And he can tell you about his film. Sure, sure. Wait, Tracy, Tracy, aren't you, aren't you going to say the title of his film? Oh, yes, it's I a can. UE five short film. What, I what's can. The title? Do you want me to say it? Do you want? I want you to say the title. I'm, I'm I'm listening closely. Hua, yeah, yeah. Me too. It's called Crown. Oh, I thought it was <laughs> Hua, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hua, yeah. Crown. Okay. An Unreal Engine five short film by Motsi Five. And another film that he's going to share with us called Hunt. Right. But I'll let him tell you about it. Well, that blew okay. up in my face. My goodness. It, ne never never try to trick an academic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they, they got that jujitsu thing that they've. Whew! I thought surely the answer would be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> now that I've been as Asianly insensitive as one can possibly be. Ricky yes. yes. Sure. Sure. Um, we, it's funny. The one of the most best tools to create machinima nowadays is the unreal engine five because it covers long long time ago um uh, several uh, big cheeses in the machinima uh, world uh, uh, mentioned some of the requirements for a great machinima tool one of them was cheap uh, powerful easy to use tools and unreal engine is all of that it's free you can get get access to all kinds of content 
it's fairly easy to learn compared to other programs. You'll have a harder time trying to learn, say, 3D Studio Max than you will um, learning Unreal Engine. The community is huge. Tutorials are all there. So I'm not surprised that there are groups of people who have come together to make short films in Unreal Engine. However, I think one of the things, and this is all preface to talking about why this film is what it is. One of the things that happens is the approach to the uh, machinima filmmaking is not the same as it was when uh, we were all, you know, making films on a regular basis. In last week's film, uh, Phil described the process, uh, Daydream it was called, Phil described the process, scripting process of setting up the characters and the events all laid out in a map program. Well, there's some similarity in Unreal Engine, but the actual physical work of doing it is very, very different. And the attitude is very, very different. And the people that use it are generally people who are looking at traditional 3D made film content. They're not looking at machinima film content as their way of presenting their stories. And I give that preface because Matsufai, the people that made this great Unreal Engine short, is a Japanese collective who make short films in Unreal Engine 5. And their films are all great, but they're not like traditional machinima. They're more like traditional 3D. This, uh, uh, I chose two films, basically. Uh, the second film, Haunt, is my favorite of the works because it is a smart, it's a beautiful, almost musical uh, music video. It's fast action, it's quick. It's, it's beautiful to look at. Same thing with the first film. There's a quality in it that is, they're obviously smart filmmakers who want to create things that are exciting and interesting. And I think uh, these films do exactly that. I def you definitely should visit their website, the Matsify website, because it has a list of all their films and they've, they've been creating films for, for quite a while. But um, I was very impressed with it because it, it does one of the things that the films that I admire do, which is it inspires me. I go, wow, you can do that? I'd like to do that, but I want to do it in this story. You know what I mean? G really good films, especially in machinima. Machinima history is so much about inspiration. Somebody would come up with a great innovative idea or a great film like Snow Witch that uh, we picked a couple of weeks ago. That film influenced everybody who saw it because they realized that they could take these seemingly commonplace characters and Sims and turn them into these incredibly poetic and beautiful, serious uh, 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 characters as well. So I, I love both of these films. I like, like the company that made them. What did you guys think of it? Do you want me to go next? Please. Sure. Yeah. All right. Motsify Moi, Moi is a it's actually a chinese media artist oh i thought it was a japanese one. excuse well, me I, 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 there may be something to do with japanese culture in here but I, I don't fully know what it is if it is but um as i understand it um they've been incubated by an organization or a collective called motsa um which is this group of 40 media artists and creators who are based in shenzhen in guanchao um who produce, uh, you know, incredible and scale digital art exhibitions. And from what I can see, Motsa, which kind of formed in the mid 2010s, um, 
this is a is this is something to do with them. They were kind of a recently formed team, although it looks as though they've kind of been quite productive, particularly in terms of their focus on generating these kind of concept shorts using Unreal, of which the two you've picked, I think, are really, really great examples, although I think they're doing very, very different things. Now, I'll start with the crown. That's the one with the the, the Chinese um, character that's kind of unpronounceable <laughs> on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, it's a story of a young, I think, Chinese boy growing growing up in poverty, seemingly. And, you know, whilst, um, uh, you know, one day whilst he's walking through a, a dump outside the town boundaries, discovers this mask. Um, and it's very reminiscent of the Jim Carrey classic, uh, you know, the mask. The boy is invited to kind of follow these worshippers who, uh, you know, who then kind of present him with a sword. And this is where it, for me, mixes perhaps Chinese and Japanese culture a little bit. Uh, you know, there's there's some there's some resonance um, between those two kind of cultures in that in that in the nature of what that story is. Anyway, the boy becomes a revered swordsman, um, demonstrating these incredible kind of Jackie Stan, uh, Chan style moves in front of this completely wowed audience. At the end of which, he's presented with a symbol of his 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 mastery, this crown. Uh, and then he wakes up and he's back in the dump. So there's your dream um, that we we talked about as being thematic right. in a couple of the right. films this month. What I liked about it was this kind of patina that was applied over the images. You kind of get a sense of mm. empathy through that mistiness that's generated. And I loved how these three worshippers that uh, this boy is following moved and the way that the fabric, <laughs> Damien, on their garments sort of <laughs> swooshed along as they moved into this public square and also that kind of movement between the third person and the person the first person perspective so the kind of the mask off mask on so to speak and also the sound design i thought was really interesting i also wanted to comment on the use of this kind of gratuitous creature in this film because i've mentioned this before we've seen it um used in a in a few um films as kind of signifiers mainly with Unreal Engine films. And I don't, to be honest, hmm. I don't really know why people do it or what, what it's all about. But it, 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 it seems in some of the other films that we've looked at, it's kind of like a little pause or a little demo of technical prowess. But in this film, the creature's a rat. Um, now, of course, the rat in Chinese culture is a symbol of wisdom, wealth and prosperity. Um, so the significance of its use here is probably much easier to explain and kind of looking at this film again, it feels as though there are many kind of hidden messages um, to those that might be able to understand them. So it's a film about cultural references targeting, I think, a Chinese audience. And what's lovely about it mm. is that the producers have created it to celebrate uh, World Children's Day. So it's positioned as an inspirational story. Um, there is something else I, I'll mention, It's because it, it kind of rather intrigued me. One of the comments I saw about it was that it reminded them of work by Alberto, is it Mielgo? Now, I don't know if you remember this, but Mielgo directed the Netflix episode of Jabaro in its Love, Death and Robots series, which won an, an, an Emmy for the, the characters uh, design for the work that he did on that. You know, that kind of surreal. Uh, yeah, witch. I remember that well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is what uh, this has been compared to. And it, it's, I think, from from my point of view, that was one of the most extraordinary and creative things I've seen for years. Hauntingly beautiful. 
Um, and if you've not seen it, I thoroughly recommend it. And to be honest, I'm not quite sure why that film um, is is compared. Or is, I'm not sure what the comparison is here, except for the fact because it's not got the qualities. Certainly not the the quality there. Um, however, I think what aligns here is that is the mystique that, that's kind of been created. Um, not least in the way that the movement of the assets is depicted. And there's for me, there's definitely an element of an uncanny um, feeling in it. Um, and I think the way it's been achieved uh, is this kind of hybridized 2D, 3D animation style, which is a bit of a Japanese thing, I think. Um, mm. So the movement is, you know, the movement of those kind of worshippers that the character follows is 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 juxtaposed against this kind of uh, 2D scene, which is what I think is making it pop. So The Crown for me is this really great evocative piece of work that overall I think would perhaps benefit from a much more detailed description for us Westerners to help us understand some of the nuances mm. encapsulated in the in the depictions and the, and their relationship, I think, to Chinese culture. So that's my take on that one. Do you want me to tell you about the hunt as well whilst I'm going? Of course. God, your comments are just so brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Um, Phil and I have to follow up on this. Yeah, well, I thought I thought I'd give you a chance because I've done a little bit of research into the back background so i'm kind of you know what I'm i'll like. say academic stuff um hunt's doing something different um i think it's just a concept um kind of cyberpunk style character and and lighting <laughs> superhero vibes and a, and a kind of anti-culture which um is is kind of why the person's basically being hunted and, and i think there's an atmosphere in it that's kind of hard to pinpoint which is intriguing um but probably that's made visible to us by the tracer beams that you see which I, which I also think is a really interesting um, way to lead you through that kind of story because it's not a very long film, but it really takes you on a on a it on sure a thought, does yeah on a, on a bit of a journey and a thought process. However, what this is is a teaser um, for a course that these guys are developing, and when you go to their website, what they want you to do is sign up to the course, and I assume what they're going to do is put their work out on the various channels. Um, for folks to sort of learn a bit more about most of which are not the usual social channels um that we would use but are in fact chinese versions so um you know think weibo billy billy the chinese um equivalent of youtube and doyan the the local tiktok and so on those are the channels it's going out on so again what you've got here are these creators not aiming for a western market um which i have to say i think overall is a real pity because they clearly very gifted and have produced some fascinating stories that would definitely sure have. um you know they, they would benefit from more exposure i think from a from a western perspective too and the final comment i will make overall um i think what what this the both these films demonstrate and what the, the work of these um creators is doing really um uh, you know is really testament to the to the you know, to, to what Unreal have been able to achieve in engaging a breadth of artists from all over the world. It's really to be fully applauded because over the years, I, I'm, I'm sure you'll remember, we've seen a few um, machinima films emerging from China, but not that much. And it's always been underground creators who've had to protect their identity for a reason. So what I think is impressive here is that this is a tool set which is clearly legitimizing the creative practices for these digital artists and giving them a chance to catch up on some of the processes that 
you know, in the in the States and in the UK, all over Europe, who people that have been doing cinema for years and years have been able to um, develop over 20 odd years. But the Chinese have just not been able to do it legitimately. And I, for one, certainly look forward to more work coming from Chinese artists like this. So I think it's a, a really great pick from from my perspective for a whole number of reasons, Ricky. Thank you. Golly, what a wonderful in-depth uh, comments on those films. Really, really exciting and interesting. Uh, Phil, did you have something you wanted to share after that masterpiece? <laughs> huh? Some, yeah, some um... stupid little thing like, hey, did you read all those books behind you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So what what struck me there's a number of things that that struck me about well, i'm talking about the first film the crown the use of color is just extraordinary there's such a variety especially once he gets into kind of the downtown festival area um just extraordinary use of of vibrant color and yet uh i i didn't know what to call that sheen that's on everything. Patina, I think, is the perfect word for it. Um, um, yeah, it it adds such an amazing quality to it that that really makes it not look like a game engine, which Unreal Engine essentially is, right? You know, point. Uh, it Good it point. it, and I don't know what that means. It makes it look like because it it, it gives such a there's a gradient to its depth in the in the long shots where you can see far away and stuff. It's just it, it's just extraordinary, um, and I would love to know more about how they how they did that because that's not a post production effect. Oh, you don't, don't think, think it is? You think I they, think they it goes. Did it and... I think I think it goes too deep into the 3D picture to have been done just in post production on the video. So I think huh. there's something that they did in the engine. Yeah. Uh, but what it is, I, I I'm not going to pretend to know. Um, but yeah, just vibrant color and and this sense of unpredictability to the little mini story. I mean, it's a very short film, of course, but I found myself like mesmerized, and I have no idea what's going to happen to the point where when it came to pass, it you know, spoilers, but that this was a. Uh, a young boy's imagination at work, essentially, right? Um, or at least that's what I was led to believe. Uh, that caught me by surprise. I mean, it, it wasn't like a shock, but it was. I was so engrossed in where it had taken us visually, and and the, like Tracy said, the ways that the characters moved, and that that sense of depth, and the the beautiful shot selection to give us this real sense of that space that he was in. Um. Yeah. Inspiring is one word, Ricky, and humbling is another for me. Yeah, it, like yeah. it's just sometimes you see a film that makes you realize, okay, I've been at this a long time. I sure do have a long way to go, you know? Because that is like I don't even know how they do that or who thought to even take that approach, knowing that this is would be the outcome. That's real artistic vision. That's uh it's very impressive to me. And it is, it's inspiring. But in in a somewhat depressing way, <laughs> you know. And I'm encouraged by the fact that this is a team, because at least that explains. Okay, and me, I'm yeah. over here. Yeah, it's you know, just you. 
Geppetto in my shop yeah. all by myself. No wonder. So uh, it's just wonderful, wonderful piece. One thing that's weird about it is the very first hashtag that they chose for this film. Now, without looking, does anyone remember what it is? Nope. Did it jump out to anyone else? It's Cthulhu. No. It's what? Ah! Cthulhu. Oh, Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah, Cthulhu. However you pronounce it. The Lovecraftian demon of, you know, the ultimate evil. Yeah. It's actually hashtag twice in the description of this video, but it's the very <laughs> first hashtag. And then it's used again. And I'm like, what? Where? Why? Why? It, Maybe it's just I, because they like Cthulhu, you know? Uh, well, who likes Cthulhu? Everybody loves so, Cthulhu. You know? <laughs> But isn't that the concept of an immersive environment, an, an immersive world, a world that's different to your own? It doesn't doesn't have to be a horror world. It's another. Well, no, Cthulhu is an entity. It's a sentient. It's an and, old god, the old god from. And the, he's and he be angry. He he's pissed he off. Hulk, he Hulk. He wants to Hulk smash. You know, okay. basically. So um, yeah, that's that's what struck me about it, Tracy. It wasn't just oh, a I, reference to. Ah. You know, uh, like if you did hashtag noir, something broad that's talking about a sense of atmosphere or a certain feeling or an evocation. This is a actual like sentient, worse than the devil being that basically, traditionally, wants what he wants is let's just say in conflict with what we would want <laughs> is that putting it subtly enough so yeah, yeah, anyway yeah, that was that was just a funny little thing i'd love to know the story behind that they didn't yeah, do yeah. that on the second one um and yeah this this short film hunt i it didn't grip me as much i think because uh i wanted more story yeah and yeah. i think there's more story to tell here and they probably have more story mm -hmm. planned to tell here but in terms of just visual splendor, again, and in a very different way, oh my God. Yeah. Like just the opening shot of this with all the detail of stuff that's on the shelves and counters. You know, when you see that in a real movie and you realize someone dressed that set with all that detail, it's impressive. It's just as impressive to see it in animation like this. Like there's no pattern it looks random. It looks lived in. Very hard to achieve that. Like that takes a lot of effort to dress a set like that. And for just this this quick shot of getting up closer to this this um, character, wonderful. And I, I I love the wide aspect ratio on this. I'm sure it, it looks absolutely delicious on your uh, your widescreen monitor. Uh, uh -huh. Just just extraordinary. So, um. Impressive. Without the moniker that they'd put on these, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have intuitively known these were made by the same team. Mm. They, they, they look different. Mm. Um, I'm not surprised that they are because they're both at a level of quality that uh, that you do believe it's from the same. But in terms of, are they just making more stuff with the same general look? No, this looks like a different art director altogether. Maybe just because it's night, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, intriguing stuff. I will definitely be checking out their, their website and uh, and and seeing what else they're up to because it's it's amazing stuff. It, it, if nothing else, it's exciting to me that 
hey, this is made in tools that I have access to also. Doesn't mean that I could pull it off, but that at least is encouraging. Yeah. Like I'm a lot, I'm a lot more moved on a personal way by this than I am when I see a Christopher Nolan film. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. an extraordinary experience usually. You know, when the, when the, one of the big guys who's Dennis Villeneuve or something who who just really, Denis, excuse me, Villeneuve. That's impressive, but it's like, okay, they've got $200 million budget. <laughs> yeah. So what's just, relatable to me about that? Yeah, yeah. You know, what what way can I knock that off in some cheap? No, <clears throat> this was made with this tools. It's all tools I have access to. Now I just need to find the team of artists yeah. and, and the money to pay them. And, and then it'll be all set. I volunteer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damien, so, what did you think? Um, you guys have said so much. I've got to try and think of something else to say now. I'll start with Hunt because uh, we were just talking about that. And it kind of gave me that sort of Blade Runner vibe. But the, the apartment reminded me so much definitely. of Deckard's apartment. Cause it's all messy. I mean, this one is, is way messier than the one in, in Blade Runner. And it kind of gives you a tease of this looks really intriguing. There's obviously something happening here. And there's more going on. I want to know the rest of it. I want the rest of this story. And I think this, there was something in the description saying this is a tease of what we're doing next. So I want to see that. I can't wait for it. I want to know what's this world? Who is this character? Why are these people trying to kill her? Or I'm assuming they are. Um, how is she going to get out of this situation? Um, just show me more. I want I want to know more about it. And I was impressed, like you, Phil, with the amount of detail that was put into this. And there's so many objects in there that they must have a very powerful machine to be able to pull that off as well because you start feeling even though unreal is a powerful yeah machine, yeah and it's designed for games you put a, even a small room like that you fill it up with 3d objects that are obviously quite highly detailed that's going to slow anything down to a crawl so yeah. they must have some pretty powerful hardware behind it yeah yeah i and, think when you look on their website you can see that they're you know they're they're proper pro digital artists yeah, yeah. Uh, in a state-of-the-art building in okay. in shenzhen so i don't think uh kit is an issue here that would make yeah. a lot of sense yeah um so yeah i want to see more of hunt and where that's going as for crown i really enjoyed the story the idea of this kid just wandering through the slums he finds this mask and it inspires his imagination to um imagine himself in this much better world where it's obviously where he really wants would rather be. One thing I noticed in that other world is you don't see any faces. Like he's the only character mm -hmm. you actually see his face. Everyone else has got like masks and things on, mm -hmm. um, which I guess kind of goes well with that dream sequence because mm. good point. When you're dreaming, you don't necessarily see other people's faces. Like you, you may know who that is. If it's a familiar person, you'll know who it is, but you can't really see their face, and it's yeah. because of that. And um, like Phil, again, this is this is a film that offers a lot of inspiration to me about things that what else can I do to improve my craft? And Tracy, you kind of hinted about the fabric, and I've been learning something. I, I, I use uh, Nvidia Omniverse for my films. One of the things I really struggle with is you can't take the soft cloth physics from iCloud into. Um, Omniverse, and I've been experimenting with different ideas, and they just don't work the ah. way they should. 
And watching this gave me an idea that's completely different from anything I've done before. And it almost works. It's still need to spend some more time figuring out. This this film may have finally oh, good me to solve a problem that's been plaguing me for about a year. Good. <laughs> good. I'd let, you have to let us know whether you're able to get it fixed or not. Well, hopefully by next month I'll be able to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> and the bloopers want... real. Yes. And the bloopers real, yeah. I just wanted to point out quickly that um, one of the things that I've noticed as I've watched many, many films and television series and lots and lots, hundreds of machinima, is that style is an, comes up in a lot of great films. And style is something that isn't really a popular topic in American culture because it, in, in, it implies a sort of artifice. You know, because Americans in their culture are so obsessed with realism that they don't want to talk about style. They think style is some somehow phony, but that's not what style is at all. Style is the particular collection of all of the elements of a scene, like, say, for example, sound, visual look, the way the characters move, the, the way the story uh, continues and, and adjusts and changes. All of those come together to create a neat style. So you have a team of of, of artists in in Matsi, Matsify, who can who can create entire projects with their entirely unique style to them. Both of these movies you pointed out, Phil, you didn't know that the second one was made by the same people but because they use the different style a completely different style and i think that that ability to be able to see things in style draws you in so quickly and is much more interesting than the standard traditional methods of creating stories and films that you see all the time that you you just they don't do anything they don't pull you in like they should and that's part of the reason why all of these films we've chosen this month are so really good is because they all have different styles to them and they all tell a story that is compelling. So I just wanted to make that quick observation at the end here. No, I'll funny. add this as well, if you don't mind. Uh, one sure. of the things that's really compelling about the style in uh, Crown, the first first selection, is if you study it, it's, and this is helpful to pause a frame here and there and just study it, there's almost nothing that is straight and normal, like symmetrical, perfect. Ah. Uh, even windows that you would expect to just be rectangles, there's a slight, they're not quite perfect. And it gives this, if there's a pole, it's slightly bent just a little bit one direction. It's not straight up. Uh, doorways, just slightly askew, not quite. That's consistent throughout the whole film. Like every, I mean, it, most notable in the very final shot of the film where it's overhead and you're seeing the boy that's outside the wall and the city inside the wall. Just look at those buildings. There's not a one of them that are aligned with the other. They're all just slightly askew and and not lined up in any kind of grid or pattern or anything like that and i think that that has an effect even if you aren't paying specific attention to those details it comes through as that sense of style of this is just i think that may be more than anything why 
I would be hard pressed in a lineup to pick this film out as one that was made in a video game engine because what are video game engines known for mostly is grids and blocks and crates and straight lines and because that's yeah. easy uh, to do stuff like this where it's not not primitive shapes it's modified shapes that requires a lot more work and a lot more craft and the thought to even do it. Yeah, the imagination you know, involved. You buy in... a prop from the, the Reillusion store and drag it onto your scene and they're, okay, there's the pillar. No, nobody ever did that here. This was, everything's a little off. Yep. And it works. Yeah. So the only other comment that I'll make and I'll ask you guys' opinion on is at the very end, the first time I watched it, when it panned out to show the boy was outside, what turns out to be this walled city did that like that struck me as as all of a sudden i started questioning whether or not i knew as much as i assumed about the setting of this story you know because what where are there walled cities right now anywhere in the world you know that's that's a that's an old tradition or it's one that you see sometimes in future sci-fi where the the outside world has gotten so dirty that the elites are going to wall themselves off yeah. into domed cities or that type of thing. So all of a sudden I got that vibe off of this in a sense of larger story. Did that strike anyone else? Or was that just me? Uh, I got that no, the I oddity of that wall. I felt the same way. You know, I saw it as the science fiction trope. And yeah. given the fact that so much of it is in China, the political element of that too is pretty clear to me. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. I think. Okay, good. I'm glad I didn't just, yeah, no, missed I, something there. That's that's a, a really kinda, interesting device. Uh, yeah, I got I kind of got the feeling that it, the, there was such a depth of metaphor uh, and hidden messages running yeah. right the way through it. Uh, I have no clue what all of those messages are. I could only unpick a couple of them, um, sure, and only then by digging around a little bit to sort of uh, tease it out. But I it mean, was interesting the wall being so prominent in that shot for that to be the first time that it, that was really revealed. Yeah. That that was that separation. So yeah, I feel like something was being said there, and uh, yes, probably either way you go on... with it, the sci-fi trope way or the the political commentary or both. Or the, you know, or it's, the it's wonderful. The, you know, the discussion about youth and inclusion. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is a big thing also in China as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah, lots of depth to it. Um, absolutely beautiful. Um, what well. it made me think of was a, a film that we talked about a few months ago that was. Uh, it was a future noir sci-fi thing, and the uh, plants had become the commodity yes. that the elites oh, controlled. Yes. And remember how we kind of, we kind of gave that movie oxygen. a bit of a yeah. I gave that movie a bit of a hard time for being a, being so on the nose with its messaging. And I feel like this is if 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 I could go back in time to when we were talking about that movie and have a movie to point to to say this is how you do it, this is what I would point to. Like this is this is really interesting messaging because and especially if it's being done in a place where let's say your speech isn't quite so free. There's nothing you can really point to in this and say that it's subversive, right? It's right. not someone tearing apart a flag of a nation or spray painting or throwing a shoe. It's the picture of some leader. There's none of that. And yet the message is there and it's it's profound and even if i'm not the target of the message so i'm probably missing a lot of it 
but I see that it's there and it's, it's, it's really amazing, really impressive. That's so good, I can't say enough point. about this film. That's a good point. Very, very good point. Well, what a great discussion we've had uh, on yeah. two of your films um, this, this week, Ricky, The Crown and Hunt yeah. by Motsify. Um, we'll put all the links on the, on the usual uh, website post um, and some of the links also to to the other references that we've just been been talking about. Um, that's it for this week. Uh, I'm Tracy Harwood. We've um, been here today with with Ricky Grove, with Phil Rice, and Damian Valentine. Um, and don't forget, you can catch up with us on Talk at Talk at. I'll get this right one day. Talk at Machinima. No, <laughs> I won't get it right. Talk at completelymachinima.com. There you go. Uh, and the website completelymachinima.com. Um, and that's it. Thanks very much. That's Bye it. Now. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.